It is Wednesday, October 21st. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by the Fields Auto Group. And now, newly designated to return from IR, J.P. Shadrick. It is an undisclosed injury, though, and welcome into Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group on this Wednesday afternoon. J.P. Shadrick will have Bucky Brooks and John Ozier coming up. Here's what's on the program today, a preview of the Jags-Chargers matchup this coming Sunday, Week 7, at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. First ever trip out there for the Jags to play in that facility. The uh, Jaguars offense and quarterback play will break some of that down last week and see what the matchup looks like this week against Gus Bradley's Chargers defense. The uh, Jags defense facing Justin Herbert, one of the top quarterbacks in last year's draft. He is uh, the future is now for the Chargers. Uniform unveiling, Jimmy Luck joins us at 4.30. And we'll play big game Jaguars, we always do in the final segment to take us home. We'll pick our uh, Jaguars to have a big game this week against the L.A. Chargers. Bucky Brooks, John Ozier joining us now. Bucky, how are things out of the West Coast this week? Man, things are good. The sun is up and the Jaguars are coming. And so maybe, just maybe, there is a win on the horizon. Yeah, hey, John, uh, how are things across town today? Well, uh, things are great, JP. I mean, it's, uh, I'm here, you're here, Bucky's here. I don't know what I don't know what, what more you could want. <laughs> well, yeah, you get what you ask for, and this is what we have. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by and the Fields Auto Group. <laughs> That's right. Uh, let's get to the Jaguars offense. You know, last week uh, behind again, they ran the ball a little early, but they didn't have time to stick with it once again, of course. And you saw what happened in that game against the Lions uh, last week. There were some third and long situations. There were some of the passes downfield for Gardner Minshew, which, you know, we had kind of talked about before, but they just didn't connect Bucky. And, you know, that, that seems to be the last few weeks. Now the quarterback play has not been uh, enough to overcome the deficiencies elsewhere. No, no, no. The quarterback play hasn't been enough. And it's, it's not really all of Gardner Minshew's fault. He, he certainly hasn't played well enough, but it's hard when he's always forced into a mode where he's chasing points uh, because they have consistently, the Jaguars have consistently been behind. It just makes it very, very hard to throw against a defense that knows that you have to throw. He hasn't had the luxury of being able to really have these balanced situations where you can use a mix of the run in the pass and play action very effective. And so it's just been an issue, but hopefully... They can get the game on their terms, and we can see him play the way that we have seen him play early in the year. John, we've heard that um, the last three, four, five weeks, though. they got to get it on, on their terms, but they haven't been able to do that yet on offense. Yeah, and I think I get what Bucky's saying, but in the last few weeks, in, in fairness to try and analyze this, there have been opportunities for the offense when the field hasn't been tilted against them. The concerning thing to me, and I, again, I don't want to just pound, 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 the, the four trips into the red zone, maybe five in the last two weeks, let's say four, without point. And they all came with the game very much in doubt, with the game, the field wasn't necessarily slanted against the quarterback. 
And that, to me, is the major concern, that in this day and age, you have to have a quarterback who can convert those situations, who can make plays at those key times. I think Bucky would agree that in, in those points, Gardner Minshew just must be better. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think Gardner has to be better. And one of the things, uh, when you look at him, and this is the thing that separates the different tiers of quarterbacks, the mid-levels from the good, the good from the great, is their ability to make you right. And when you have a talented quarterback, an A-plus quarterback, he is able to make the offense right. He's able to overcome bad play calls. He's able to overcome some personnel issues where you may not have a, a solid offensive line or whatever. But because he's so good, he makes it right. And what we see when we look around the league and we look at these young players, like the one that we'll see this weekend, Justin Herbert, and some of the other young guys that are flourishing, Kyler Murray shined on Monday night, their level of talent enables you to live with some of the deficiencies that can hamstrung a team like ours, the Jaguars, where they're still able to thrive because the QB1 is so dominant, so good. Yeah, we heard from DJ Chark after the game last week, and you could kind of sense some frustration out of him. He, he felt like, they're well, I don't know if there's a receiver, Bucky, in football that doesn't think they're open all the time. We get that. But <laughs> um, they just couldn't, they couldn't connect. You know, he, he felt like there were some openings there um, that he probably could have played a little bit better and the offense as a whole could have played better. Uh, Keelan Cole had a, a decent statistical day. Um, but you know, that frustration's starting to, to seep out a little bit now, just in the, some of those sound bites, Bucky. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is beginning to seep out, not only in the sound bites, but we're seeing their body language on the field. The wide receivers are frustrated because they feel like they do their job, they create separation, they're open, and the ball doesn't get there. Or they have now had big play opportunities that they're not cashing in on. And JP, we've talked about it, the great quarterbacks – you give them a lottery ticket, they cash it in, they go to the window to get the money. And we're not seeing enough of those lottery tickets cashed in. And it makes it very, very difficult for an offense that has struggled scoring at times when you do get these plays that are drawn up for home runs or big play balls and you're not able to finish them. It really deflates the energy of the team. And some of that is on Minshew, some of that is on the protection, some of that is on the playmaker. But you would like to see them cash in on some of these big, these big plays. We know, John, that DJ's kind of fighting through it here. He's been on the injury report off and on this year, and, and he's that type of guy. He's going to go out there, and as he said, he's going to put his body on the line and go play every week no matter what. That's why it means so much to him. Yeah, it does. And uh, DJ, you know, look, when you're talking to these guys right after a game, uh, in his day and age, it was what, maybe 15 minutes after the game the other day, he was asked about the receiving core. And basically said a couple of times, look, uh, we were open. Could he have maybe phrased it a touch different, maybe? But it wasn't like he was banging the podium. He wasn't angry. He was just sort of stating fact. And he was asked if he was frustrated about winning. And he said, yeah, he's never really won here. So it's a natural thing. I don't think it's, it, it's going to cause division. But the obvious thing here is Gardner has to throw to tighter windows, to receivers, there's different terms for it, but there's college open and there's NFL open. Jaguars receivers are getting NFL open. Gardner has to be able to, A, think he can make those throws and make those throws. And until it happens, we're going to be having the same discussion every week. 
Yeah, John, it, it, it's tough because at some point you see Gardner Minshew playing enough games. He is what he is. And um, once you establish that he's not necessarily that high-end quarterback, then it's about, okay, well, what can we do to elevate his play? Is that putting in a running game that's dominant? Is it part of the scheme like we've seen Kevin Stefanski do with Baker Mayfield? Because I think I've talked about that before. To me, he's very Baker Mayfield-ish in terms of you have to have the pieces around him that are right. So big, beefy offensive line, dominant run game, perimeter playmakers, and then he can play at a level that is just above average to good in that category. And so if he's not that kind of player and we don't have the supporting cast, then we have to begin to talk about, okay, where can we find that quarterback? Is that in the draft? Is that someone else? All right, of course, this week the Jaguars facing the Gus Bradley defense of the Los Angeles Chargers, and we all know what this looks like. It's rush four, and everybody else go cover somebody, John. That's what this is going to be. That's what it always has been with Gus Bradley. Well, it is, and the concern is the Chargers defended Minshew very well last year. Gus knows what he's doing. He knows how he's going to defend him. He's going to make Gardner stay in the pocket. He's going to make him throw into the, into the two-deep zone. And until he proves he can do it, again, one thing we haven't touched on that we've touched on all week on Jaguars.com, until that happens, you're going to see teams able to, able to bunch the line of scrimmage the way the Lions did. I don't know how much 46 bear Gus is going to play. But he's going to stop James Robinson and assume that Gardner Minshew can't beat uh, three or four defenders in the back in, until he proves he differently. That's what's been causing the problems in the running game in recent weeks. Again, it's all interrelated in football, and it's all interrelated to that. All the problems, once teams figure you out, you've got to do well against them what they think you can't do well. And to me, until that gets solved, you're going to see a lot of these offensive days like we saw on Sunday. Yeah, John, you bring up a good point in terms of Gus Bradley's philosophy because the philosophy that Ty Wash has obviously adopted and continue to utilize, the difference is the talent and the talent up front. When the Chargers are healthy and ready to go, they have two legitimate pass rushers in Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. They're able to get inside pass rush from one of the guys, Jerry Tillery, inside. Their linebackers are fast. They can cover from sideline to sideline. Uh, we've seen Kenneth Murray make plays. Desmond Perriman make plays. And then when Derwin James is right, like they have everything. But it's about the talent. To play a simplistic style that the Chargers want to play, you have to have superior talent. And this is a very, very talented team on the defense side of the ball. Yeah, Joey Bosa is, is probably the top name. And then Melvin Ingram, it sounds like, could be back this week, right, Bucky? Yeah, that could be a problem because now you have two pass rushers and you talk about Gus Bradley knowing how to defend Garner Minshew based on the success that they had against him. He is going to make him throw against a soft zone while also being able to generate pressure with just four. And so this is a game where if you're Jay Gruden, you really have to talk to Garner Minshew and you have to tell him the best way to beat this zone is to really work underneath it. Take the check down, get the ball out to the hands of the playmakers underneath and then it's on the wide receivers. Make people make the first guy miss and see if you can turn a five-year pass into a 10-yard game. That's how you defeat this zone because then you have to lure those guys up before you can take the intermediate and the deep shots. But it really requires a level of patience that a lot of quarterbacks, young or old, 
simply do not exhibit. And it's one of the reasons why the defense and the scheme has worked for so long, particularly for talented teams. All right, fellas, let's come back in a moment. We'll flip it around. Jaguars defense this week trying to get off the mat after a tough outing against the Lions a week ago against the run, and they'll face Justin Herbert this week, one of the top quarterbacks in this year's NFL draft. It's time to get in the game. Make your voice heard by exercising your right to vote. Early voting is underway now, and you can visit an early voting precinct and vote in person. Want to vote by mail? In Florida, you can request a ballot by mail until October 24th. The choice is yours, Duval. Visit jaguars.com slash vote for more information. We're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. DreamFinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. DreamFinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the DreamFinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at DreamFindersHomes.com. DreamFinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity at ViStar, we believe in better better convenience so members can bank any way they want whether it's at a branch on a mobile device or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free atms across north america we believe that people have better things to do with their time if you believe that convenience is better join ViStar. we never forget that it's your money all loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented in part by TIAA Bank. Created to serve, built to perform. Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. And Baptist Health, changing health care for good. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Bucky Brooks, John Osier, and Farah and Farah reminds me that you to continue to wear a mask, help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Farah and Farah, protecting you and your family since 1979. Now, welcome back. The Jags and the Chargers coming up this Sunday at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, California. And the Jaguars defense looking to get back on track after uh, last week's performance. It's been a struggle the last few weeks, certainly, uh, giving up uh, 30 points a game. And last week they couldn't stop the run. That's, that's where it really gets uh, to be a struggle when teams are running on you. And that's what happened last week for the Lions. Swift had a big game. AP had a touchdown. Um, Josh Allen was out. Avery Jones was out. Miles Jack left the game. He was walking around on a cart later. Um, the Lions ran right through him last week, John, and that's that's demoralizing when you're a defense when when things like that are happening in a especially in a string like this. Well, it, it's demoralizing because early on, 
and I can sort of tie it in with Miles Jack for the most part. Before Miles got hurt against Cincinnati, this was a defense that wasn't great against the run, but it had improved from last season, and it was treading water. It was staying afloat. Since Miles got hurt, Cincinnati, and then uh, against Detroit, when I think you're going to make an argument he was not playing 100%, they've struggled, and that's scary because they don't rush the passer very well. So if you don't do either of those things, then all of a sudden you're open to everything. The defensive interior, they knew going into the season they needed to address it. They tried to address it with Woods and Gunter. Those guys aren't on the team anymore, or they aren't playing. So you, it's showing up, and as the season goes on, what you worry about, there's a cumulative effect in the defensive interior where you wear down. You hope you're not seeing that. You hope maybe Avery getting back this week will help. Because if this team can't do something on the interior, it leaves everything else exposed. You know, John, you have to be able to hang your head on something on defense. And most defensive coordinators want to come in and take the runaway, force you into a one-dimensional game plan that is centered around the passing game. It makes it easier to get after the quarterback when you know that the run is not an option. Uh, you can mix in some pressures and some coverage to make sure you keep everyone locked up. The problem with the Jaguars you haven't been good at, at any one thing. You haven't been good enough stopping the run when people have been committed to running the ball and you've given up too many plays in the passing game. I will say this. They haven't necessarily let the ball fly over their head. They, they kept everything in front, but their inability in the passing game to win on these money downs, third down in the red zone. Too many, I would say, just self-inflicted errors. Um, defensive pass inter interference penalties. Josh Jones had a couple. Uh, we've seen guys just kind of panic when the ball's in the air at the moment of truth. We just haven't been able to impose our will in any one area. And until you're able to do that, it is just hard to play consistent defense at a high level in this league. Yeah, JP. Well, the, uh, the yes, I don't know. Yes. Well, I don't know what else I would do if I was Todd Wash, meaning. Bucky just talked about making sure everything else is in front of him. When you have a defense that's uh, deficient in some areas, you hope you're not giving up big play. So your strategy becomes, and I think rightfully so, keep everything in front of you. Hope that the other team makes a mistake. You can get some sort of pressure, not give up big plays, and hope that you can break serve a couple of times. They have the last couple of weeks. They've given themselves some opportunities. The showered interception, two interceptions against the Texans. They've done that. They've kept themselves relatively in the game. The flip side of that is the offense hasn't taken advantage of those service breaks when they've gotten them. You know, but to me, I'm not sure what else I would tell them to do defensively. If you blitz, you're in a lot of trouble with this bunch. You know, John, it's, it's interesting that you yeah. made that point. And, and so to play the way that you have to play with the defense, kind of playing that bend but don't break style, Everyone has to be in the same mindset. This is complimentary football. It's football where you need the running game to really drain the clock, to shorten the number of possessions in the game, the defense to make a handful of stops. And when they do get a timely turnover, the offense has to cash in and get seven. Too often we're seeing missed field goals, uh, blown fourth down calls in the red zone, and that has really prevented the Jaguars from getting wins in some of these games which have been competitive where they should have had opportunities to walk away with the win. 
Last week, uh, Jabal Sheard was brought up from the practice squad, a uh, late week elevation, and he's got some experience in this league, and he was one of the better defenders on the field for the Jags in last week's uh, game. But uh, he is now on the New York Giants active roster. Uh, Josh Allen is back this week, which is good news, of course. Caleb on chase on as a first-round pick. He's going to get reps, and Doug Marone said today that Hey, they, they couldn't promise him many more reps than they already gave him. So it was time for Sheard to move on. And uh, that's unfortunate because it looked like, at least for a, a, a moment in, a, in one game, a span for this defense, Bucky, that Sheard stood out a little bit last week and, and he's not around anymore. Yeah, that's a tough one because Jabal Sheard was someone that was a bit of a surprise. A couple of years ago in New England, it, he was really counted on. Like he, he's, he has a reputation for being able to make plays, has some pass rush ability. So you see it flash, and then you look up, he's gone. He's gone to the New York Giants because he, he felt like he couldn't get enough reps to really be the kind of player that he wanted to be. And so away he goes. Joe Judge swipes him off the practice squad, and now the Jaguars are left to fend for themselves, looking for another player off the edges that can create some disruption and eventually make the quarterback feel their presence off the edges. So it's Allen and Chazon, and uh, those are the guys they're going to roll with, which, hey, they're first-round picks. Let's, uh, let's get them out there, get them healthy, and get them going to the quarterback this week. The quarterback, John, is Justin Herbert, um, sixth overall pick. And, you know, it, it took a punctured lung to get him in the lineup. Of course, Tyrod Taylor was the starter, and they – uh, tried to fix his ribs and ended up poking him in the in the lung, and that was right before a game. He came in, though, and played pretty well, and this is a guy, uh, we'll hear Bucky's view on this coming up, but John, uh, he's the future in L.A. He is the Chargers quarterback for, for here and the future. Well, he certainly looks the part. I haven't seen him very much. I saw him against the Saints, and he looked very much like a guy who had the confidence, the arm to play in the NFL. He's got the side. He's got everything you want. He's a top six pick top 10 drafted quarterback he looks like those guys usually look he can sling the ball he can stand in the pocket and do it uh, i talked to los angeles times uh, chargers writer jeff miller who basically summed him up by saying look he's going to make some mistakes but he also one or once or twice a game makes a play that makes you go wow what arm talent what ability the Jaguars, to me, have to assume that he's going to make some of those big plays, take advantage of the mistake, catch the ball when he throws it to you, because it sounds like he's still at the age where he will throw it to you occasionally. Yeah, he, he, he's a very, very talented player. He was one of the top guys um, coming out, obviously, at the quarterback position. There were some questions about how big of a difference maker would he be when he got his opportunity to be a franchise quarterback. I think he has surpassed expectations based on how he played at the end of his tenure at Oregon. Big, athletic, outstanding arm talent, very, very bright, smart, articulate, does a great job of taking concepts and being able to spit them out and relay them to his teammates. And what we have seen is some of the magic that you want to see from a young quarterback. His ability to make these improvisational plays, his ability to throw these layered bombs in between multiple defenders. We see it each and every week. Sure, he can be victimized by some of these hero throws that result in interceptions, but I think the thing that you have in L.A., you have hope, you have optimism. They felt like they got it right with their quarterback, and that is a game-changer when it comes to rebuilding a team. And so, yeah, this would be a challenge for the Jaguars. He will throw some, but, man, he's going to make some plays, and you have to be ready for it.
And he can run around a little bit too, right, Bucky? Yeah, he is athletic. And that's what we're seeing in the National Football League. You have to have an athlete at the position. He was a guy that was a three-sport standout in high school, big-time basketball player, also played baseball. You can see the movement skills. We didn't see that enough at Oregon until the last couple games, uh, the Rose Bowl and the Pac-12 championship game, where we saw him utilize his legs. Well, now you're putting a mobile athlete in that Shanahan system that is the combination of the outside zone with the bootleg and the various uh, misdirection play-action passes that come off of that. He's flourishing in this system. He's a talented player. So how about the weapons around Herbert? Uh, you know, th this is uh, Keenan Allen, right? Hunter Henry. Um, who else, I guess, stands out for the Chargers on the offensive side? We, we see Keenan Allen on our screen here. He is the leading receiver with 356 yards this year. A couple of scores, one in last week's uh, last uh, game. They've come off the bye week, but... Uh, uh, the 12th against New Orleans, he had a score in that game as well. Uh, what, what kind of what kind of players do they have around their star quarterback? Uh, they have some playmakers. Mike Williams, uh, former number one wide receiver that was taken by the Chargers. He is a perfect complement to Keenan Allen. Big, physical guy, can take it off the board in terms of like going to get those alley-oops. He's everything that you look for at the position. And to have two guys like that where you have Keenan Allen who can get open against anybody. One of the more special and remarkable route runners. And then they have Hunter Henry who can throw the middle of the field. They have a lot that they can throw at you. And with the young quarterback growing right in front of our eyes, this is an offense that is very, very, very talented. So the challenge is big for the Jacksonville Jaguars this week, John. And, you know, it sounds like, though, that some of the frontline guys that have been down the last couple of weeks are, are making their way back to the lineup for the Jaguars defense. That's the good news, John. Well, the key there is, you know, you've got to get Josh Allen back. You know, there's been a lot of noise in the system about Josh Allen not performing as well as he should have in the first four games. He still has two sacks, which I get were not great, you know, sack sacks, but he has seven quarterback pressures. He's still the guy who can get pressure on the quarterback he was getting pressure at times early, so you got to get him back. What worries you a little bit, your gut sort of tells you, Miles Jack tried to play on the ankle last week, had to leave late in the game. As you said, he was on the cart or on one of the push carts after the game. You would think with the bye coming up, didn't practice today, maybe he's not out there. That's a huge concern because he's so good. Jared Wilson also didn't practice. So those two things I don't like it at all. Let's hope Josh Allen can get back and put some pressure on the quarterback because uh even though john jefferson and charlie joiner and west chandler aren't playing bucky the chargers have some talent yeah they got a lot of talent you you brought up like some of the guys i used to look up to uh west chandler john jefferson charlie joiner Kellen winslow that was a being team, able to put baby. up those points yeah i mean I, I i mean i like that i think the thing that you allude to without Miles Jack, someone has to step up. And I know that we're trying to go easy on the rookies, but Caleb on Chasen has to begin to provide some kind of spark on the other side. Um, you take him hoping that he can be an impact player. You need him to be able to give you some of that production that Yannick Ngakwe would have given you off the edge. And so I think the pressure has to be on him. we got to poke him a little bit to see if we can get a little more from him very early in the, in the game. All right, big week for the Jags defense, uh, 30 points allowed uh, in this losing skit. Each time out, 
trying to get right this week on a long road trip out to L.A. to face the Chargers. We'll come back in a moment and see what the Jags will wear this Sunday. Jimmy Luck will join us, head equipment manager, joins us every Wednesday. This season, the Jags are launching predictive gaming exclusively in the Jags mobile app. Choose a bingo card, pick your favorite three players, and place wagers to win prizes. Check the games out in the Jaguars mobile app. We're halfway home. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Committed to the team. Committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high-quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission. We're nonprofit, so we pass the savings along to our members. Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual, ensuring those who serve. Jaguars fans, game day is back. And this year, we've teamed up with Jameson to add another win to your week with official Jaguars and Jameson branded collectible stadium cups. They're only available for a limited time in the Jacksonville metro area. So grab yours today, pour a smooth Jameson, ginger and lime, and cheer on the Jags with Jameson. Taste responsibly. Jameson Irish Whiskey. 40% alcohol by volume. 80 proof. Product of Ireland. Copyright 2020. Imported by John Jameson Import Company. New York, New York. We're back, Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group, and that music each week means it's time to hear from James Carl Luck the Fourth, Jimmy Luck, Head Equipment Manager, Jacksonville Jaguars, joining us from TIAA Bank Field. And Mr. Luck, good afternoon. What's up? How's it going? Just here uh, locking it down at the bank. Uh, well, that's that's good. <laughs> you sound enthused about that, too. Uh, Jimmy. The, uh, <laughs> right. I like it. Jags uh, going out west this week, you know, and it's, um, you know, it's a long road trip, but it, you know, it really doesn't change a lot of what you guys do to prepare or does it? How does that change up anything at all? Or does the new environment out there, new stadium, haven't been in there yet. What do you guys have to do differently this week as an equipment staff? Well, it's really not too much different. Like you said, it's just, we're doing a one day trip, um, you know, cause some of the COVID stuff, we don't want to, get out there and do walkthroughs and things. So we're just doing flying out Saturday, leaving a little bit earlier than we normally do, about an hour, and then getting out there, setting up, you know, with the time change, it ends up being about the same time getting there and setting the locker room up and, and getting it going for Sunday. But, um, you know, it, it is indoors, so we don't have to worry about the uh, cold jack, you know, cold weather jackets and um, screw in cleats and things like that. So, um, so it'll be nice. You know, I guess it never rains in Southern California, even though they have a dome, but um, so we should be good. So it, it'll, it'll be easy for us from that standpoint, um, putting everything on the plane. So that takes a little bit longer to load, but uh, other than that it should be pretty normal game. 
I'm sure you're, you're you excited Jimmy, to see the new stadium, too. Talk but... about... <laughs> Go ahead, guys. Go ahead, John. Raise your hand. Raise your <laughs> hand. I don't have questions. Talk. Go ahead, John. Your world, Rocky. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Well, I'll take you then. So, so John, I, this new stadium, it. like with the, with the surface being faster, does it change any of the cleats in those things? Because it looks like a very, very fast surface uh, in SoFi Stadium. Well, anytime we play on uh, field turf like that, uh, I'm not exactly sure the the name brand of their turf, but it's you know I guess the generic field turf kind of name. Um, a lot of the linemen will wear a, a different shoe, uh, more of like a turf bottom than an actual um, molded spike bottom. Um, that's just their preference. We'll bring them both, so that way they're covered for whatever. And uh, they'll they'll go out there in pregame, run around, see what it feels like, and then if they want to make the switch, they can. Uh, but it, it for the most part, it plays just like grass. Uh, obviously, it's not slick. It's you know good good conditions, nice temperature, dry surface, everything. So yeah, like I say, it should play um, you know fast in a hot, humid uh, bank field out here. <laughs> Go ahead, John. Well, Doug has talked some this week about the intensive protocols since the COVID stuff last week. Has that changed what you guys are doing at all, Jimmy, or is it uh, pretty much status quo in terms of that? Well, we did have to, um, because we were put in that protocol, we had to put on um, like a visor on everybody and then the uh, the mouth shield. Um, so we did that on okay. Tuesday, put it on everybody. Um, you know, the way we did practice today wasn't super intensive. Uh, we were inside, so we had the fans going, nice temperature. It was raining outside too, so that was nice. Um, but yes, yeah, so it was just a little bit different. Some guys weren't quite used to it, um, you know, because of the temperature and the humidity here. A lot of guys don't like to wear visors. Um, so there's a few guys kind of complaining, but it's like, hey, you know, that's that's what we got to do. But we only we only went real hard for a couple periods and then kind of went to more of a walkthrough kind of deal. So uh, that way they didn't have to, you know, breathe a whole lot and fog up their visor or the, the mouth shield since they weren't really used to it. And we'll have right, to wear that so for uh, tomorrow and Friday. Got it. Okay, that's all week long. Yes, the, the intensive protocol continues. Now it's time to stop the slide, Jimmy, and the Jags are headed to L.A. to face the Chargers. So if you would, sir, please show us what the Jaguars will wear this Sunday. All right. Since we are on the road most of the time, like we have to, we got to wear the white jerseys. So, um... So we're going to wear the white. You'll actually see it's uh, kind of a unique deal. We were supposed to be bye week this week, but um, with it still being October, we're going to wear the Crucial Catch patches um, since it's still October, um, which cool. we weren't going to do that at first, but uh, me and the guy from the Chargers, we figured we would do that. And then we're going to wear the black pants. Okay. So it's a little bit of a change. White up. over black. Wearing the white jerseys and the black I pants. Like that. I like it. It's a great look. It Bucky, you, you got to like that one. I do like that. I do like that. You see me with my Crucial Catch sweatshirt and my hoodie on. I'm ready for us to get a win. I'm going to make sure that I wear black pants on Sunday as well. Uh, make sure I have the team spirit to see if we can get off this snide. Got to get off, gotta get back in the win column, Jimmy. Got to do it. Yeah, um, you know, it. I think a lot of the, the heat for that, for not getting the, the uniforms just right. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm working hard trying to get better every week. 
like water off a duck's back. It just rolls right <laughs> off Jimmy. He can handle it. He can handle the heat. Uh, appreciate your time as always, Jimmy. Let's get a W in LA. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Jimmy Luck, head equipment manager with us every week. We're back in a moment with a look at the AFC South and big game Jaguar. And it's Jaguar's happy hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguar's digital network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Oi. Bonjour. Xin chào. Dobry deň. If you have an accident, the last thing you should have to worry about is a language barrier. That's why at Fair and Farah, we have a team as diverse as our clients. So no matter what language you speak, we'll fight for your voice. Farah and Farah, here for you. Here for all. Jacksonville. Jaguars fans, game day is back. And this year, we've teamed up with Jameson to add another win to your week with official Jaguars and Jameson branded collectible stadium cups. They're only available for a limited time in the Jacksonville metro area. So grab yours today for a smooth Jameson, ginger and lime, and cheer on the Jags with Jameson. Taste responsibly. Jameson Irish Whiskey. 40% alcohol by volume. 80 proof. Product of Ireland. Copyright 2020. Imported by John Jameson Import Company. New York, New York. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented in part by DreamFinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle. Next Grill, everyone's invited. And Adeco, visit adecousa.com. Happy Hour on every Wednesday is presented by the Fields Cadillac of Jacksonville and Fields Cadillac St. Augustine, members of the Fields Auto Group. And welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour, J.P. Shadrick. Bucky Brooks, John Ozier, the Jags, and the Chargers coming up. The Chargers 1-4. and four. They're coming off a bye week after a game a couple weeks ago against the New Orleans Saints. And the Jags have dropped five straight. They're now 1-5. and five. They uh, had the, This was supposed to be the bye week, but the flip-flop in the schedule due to the Patriots' COVID-positive tests uh, have moved the bye week to next week. So this is the final... Um, game for the Jaguars heading into the bye week. Let's look at the AFC South standings, shall we? And uh, guys, the, the Titans remain undefeated. They beat the Texans last week. Uh, John, the, the Titans had all that scare and the, the positive tests and everything going on. Um, and all of a sudden, all they've done after they come back, John, is just win football games. And they're 5-0 and and they're facing the Steelers this week. Well, it kind of shows you in the NFL, if you're good, you're good and they're good. They know exactly how they want to play. They play to their certain formula. Ryan Tannehill is very underrated. Their wide receivers are very underrated. Everybody talks about Derrick Henry. They're a really good balanced team and they know how they want to play. This is a huge game for them because Pittsburgh, believe it or not, Pittsburgh quietly might be the best team in the league, if not they're up among the top three. So. 
a mammoth game between unbeat. Yeah, I mean, huge game. Huge game. Tennessee Titans look like the real deal, and that's surprising considering how tough we were able to play them a few weeks ago. But this team is clicking on all cylinders. Mike Vrabel is really pushing all the right buttons to get them to overcome some of the adversity they face. The Indianapolis Colts had a rally last week, and uh, Phillip Rivers led the way, Bucky, and I think that's the best he's looked all season. Yeah, it is the best that he's looking. I give Phillip Rivers credit because people were calling for him. And after a disappointing performance uh, a week ago, like he bounced back. He bounced back and played well, did a good job of getting the ball to the playmakers. Um, this Indianapolis Colts team is really solid because they're balanced with the run and the pass. Defensively, they're lights out, particularly when they have Darius Leonard playing at the second level. So this is a team that I think this race will tighten up, certainly between the Titans and the Colts. But Right now, they obviously are the two front runners. I expect both of those teams to kind of sneak their way into the postseason. And the uh, Texans and the Jaguars at the bottom of the AFC South. Texans, of course, lead the way with the head-to-head tiebreaker. Let's uh, move now into big game Jaguars. This is where we pick our Jaguars to have a big game this week against the Los Angeles Chargers at SoFi Stadium. It's a 425 Eastern kickoff time. And uh, Bucky, get us going this week. Who you got? Well, I mean, now I'm all disappointed because John Osher messed around and told me that Miles Jack may be a scratch. And so I got him being my big game Jaguar due to the fact that we need someone to step up and make a big play. And on defense, there are three blue chip players. It's Josh Allen, Miles Jack, and C.J. Henderson. And so I'm going for Miles Jack. Who knows? Maybe there's a miracle in the works. Maybe that allows him to play. But he's my big game Jaguar if he has an opportunity to suit up against the Chargers. He makes a big difference, obviously, when he is out there for this defense. We'll see what the rest of the week holds. Uh, Johnny O, who you got for us today? Well, I went with James Robinson. I guess as much as anything to prove a point. It's hard on a five-game losing streak to predict guys are going to have big game. You hope they have big game. You hope that Gardner Minshew can do something early to get Gus Bradley out of a bunched-up defense, to draw some defenders out and give James Robinson some room. He can run. He can. The offensive line can run block. It's up to Minshew to make some plays early to give Robinson some room. If Robinson has a big game, Jaguars have a chance because it means everything is working right. That's an excellent one there, uh, John. Uh, James Robinson for John Roger. I'm going Joe Schobert. He led the team in tackles last mm-hmm. week. Had the interception as well late in the game, and especially if Miles is not available, then... Joe's got to direct the traffic a little bit more out there with some uh, inexperience maybe around him in the linebacking core, especially, and then who knows on the back end too, if Jared Wilson is not available, he didn't practice today. So uh, give me Schobert. He's uh, the, the big money free agent that they brought in here in the offseason, and he's put up some tackle numbers this year, the 11th most in the league. I think it's uh, imperative that he has uh, quite a game this week, especially if those guys are down, Bucky. Yeah, he has to have a big game. He has to be able to control it and really run the tackle, the tackle box from tackle to tackle, be able to keep everything funneled up. This team is going to attempt to run. Uh, even though Justin Herbert's had a lot of success, they still want to run the football. So stopping the run has to be the priority. And then eliminating the deep passes. Those would be the two priorities that I would put on the defense. Let's not let them run all over and let's make them dink and dunk the ball down the field and see if the young quarterback is patient enough to be able to do so. 
All right, John, tall task this week. The Well, it feels like that every week is going to be a tall task, at least in this time frame, but this is the next one up on the schedule, and, and who knows? I mean, they last I checked, Hamza Ahmad did not take the week off, the travel coordinator. The hotel is still booked. The plane's still going to fly on Saturday, and they're going to tee it up at 425. So there is a chance to go play the game and go play well and go win. I mean, there's certainly a chance for them to go play well. You know, they just have to play. Like, we just haven't seen them play. Didn't you put four quarters together? What do you think, John? And I think, as Bucky said a couple times throughout the show, they need better performances from some areas that haven't performed very well in the last couple weeks. To me, they need good defensive tackle play. They need better quarterback play. If they can get those two, on weeks where those areas – play well, better than they have the last two or three weeks, they're going to have a chance. And they must take advantage of opportunities when they're there. If they had scored in the red zone in recent weeks when they had a chance, games would be closer. No reason in the world Herbert won't throw them the ball. And there's no reason in the mm-hmm. world they won't have chances. Take advantage of those opportunities when they're there and you've got a shot. I'm, I mean, I All think right. you make so it very that's the, simple, uh, late- yeah, that's the lay of the land that's this week. Do, that's a simple way to put it. <laughs> that's what John does. Uh, keeps it simple. Uh, that's going to do it for our program today. And the uh, Jags and the Chargers coming up. John, we'll look forward to your writing the rest of the week. And Bucky, we will talk to you uh, and, and take some phone calls after the game. How about it? I mean, I can't wait. <laughs> you sound like you can't wait. It'll be fun on Sunday evening after the Jaguars and the Chargers. John Osher, Bucky Brooks, our entire crew. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for watching today. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network.